Anything else? I was, I was, I was gonna like, I know oh, that you like. Asking them. Don't ask me. Don't look at me. Look at them. Look at them. Ask them. But if there's anything, if there's anything, anything you want to talk about. Methods, where your host Adrian Solomon, Solomon Nigel, whichever known, way you want to say it, yeah, whichever way you want to say it, also known as Adechi. You're listening to the podcast where we talk about everything African mythology, religion, mythology, folklore. folklore. He said folklore. mythology twice because it's that, that important. Yeah, he knew I was going with that. <laughs> and um, if you listen to the last episode, we said this episode we're just going to talk about African mythology in general, and kind yeah. of a overview for you. Yes. you don't know what it yeah. is or you're just more interested in it right some people call it a crash course that's the know, word just sort of like just go bat, 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 food, everything you need to know so, yeah actually the reason why we're really doing this is because you know so many people have asked you um they didn't realize the scope that african mythology goes yeah like you know everything that everything that encompasses, encompasses it yeah in african mythology yeah. so we thought we'll give you a little starter for everything um in different regions mm-hmm. and yeah so you're just going to come on this journey with us so the term african mythology is used as a collective term to de- describe a diverse race of mythological stories beliefs and traditions that originate from the african continent mm-hmm. obviously so this term however should be approached with an understanding of its limitations and broadness yeah so the term helps to categorize a vast array of mythologies based on their geographic origin, which is the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. So despite the diversity, there's often thematic, symbolic and structural similarities among various African mythologies. So these similarities can be attributed to shared historical, cultural and social experiences across the continent, naturally, mm-hmm. as you get with many different continents. Yeah. Um, so while the term is broad, of course, African mythology, it also encapsulates the diversity within African narratives. So it serves as a starting point for the for exploring the rich variety within African mythological traditions, encouraging further investigation into specific cultures and stories. However, it's important, imperative even, to <laughs> acknowledge that the term African mythology is a simplification the continent's cultural diversity means that each region, country, and even ethnic group has its own unique set of myths, legends, and folklores. Definitely, while the term is useful for like a general categorization, deeper exploration requires an understanding of the specific cultural and regional contexts for each mythology. So African mythology spanning across regions from the sands of Egypt to the forests of Yoruba land from the peaks of Kilimanjaro to the shores of the Cape, is a vibrant collection of cultural heritage. These mythologies, often passed down orally through generations, serve as a window into the values, beliefs, and historical experiences of various African communities. They encompass a wide range of themes, from the creation of the world and the origins of humanity, to the adventure of gods, goddesses, and legendary heroes. Exactly. And at the heart of many African myths is the intricate relationship between the natural and the supernatural world. So the myths often reflect a deep respect for nature and its elements, with many stories featuring personifications of natural forces, animals, and ancestral spirits. This interconnectedness highlights... What are you doing, please? (laughs) Interconnected, didn't it? (laughs) If you're watching YouTube... You'll you'll just see what Solomon did. He's a weirdo. (laughs) Yes. So that highlights a worldview where the spiritual realm is a tangible part of daily life and not separate from it. 
Furthermore, African mythology is a living tradition, so it often adapts and evolves, reflecting contemporary challenges and perspectives while staying rooted in historical and cultural contexts. Whilst we're on this subject, yes. actually, actually, when we refer to mythology, we mean it as a term of stories that shape cultural and spiritual understandings. I can hear someone out there shouting to the screen right now, it's religion, it's not mythology. <laughs> and, you know, we understand. Yeah. But respectfully, the term mythology and religion are not mutually exclusive and often overlap. Mythology can be a fundamental component of religion. Mythology refers to a collection of myths, which are stories that our culture believes to be true or that carry significant meaning. These myths can often explain natural phenomena the origins of the world and the customs and beliefs of a society. Mm-hmm. Myths here is used in an academic sense, not speaking on the truth or false of whatever we're talking about. Yeah, because the word myth sometimes does just directly mean false, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. but not in this. Sense not in this that sense. We're talking about. Yeah. So whatever you thought of before in this bubble, when you hear it come out of these mouths. It's not talking about truth or false. It's just talking about the cultural stories um, that are the foundations of these religions or Mm -hmm. um, cultures. Religion, on the other hand, is a broader concept that sort of encompasses not just the myths, but the rituals, the moral systems, sacred practices, and institutional structures. It's sort of like the framework through which people understand their world, interact with the divine, and connect with each other. Now, many of the world's religions, including some of those widely practiced today, have their own mythologies. These mythological stories are often integral to the religious identity of the practice, even though they might not be interpreted, 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 interpreted. Is that how you say it? <laughs> no. Interpreted. Yes. Listen. Interpreted. Ah, oh, right. I'm dyslexic. Interpreted. <laughs> literally by all um the people that follow it mm-hmm. so in a nutshell just because something is called mythology doesn't mean it's not a religion and mythology is about the stories and the beliefs of a culture has uh, whilst religion includes the stories plus you know the practices of their morals mm-hmm. they often go hand in hand you see yeah so we just i just want to give a fuller explanation of this because we do get asked this a lot yeah we do it's important that we're able to navigate these topics without having to deal with the religious connotations of things because that's where things get a bit more um personal personal. should we say yeah so while we respect all the amazing religions that are out there we're talking about the stories and the folklore and the mythology exactly that thank you and with that we can dive into the substance of today's episode where we're going to give an overview of some of the pantheons the mythologies um in the different regions of the African continent. So some of you might know some of them and you know there'll be some that you'd want to learn more about as well. And there'll be some that we probably don't mention because otherwise we'd be here for maybe five hours. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we're already going to be here for a long time. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> so first we're heading to North Africa. Oh wait, I, I just realized this is this is not purely visual. So I was just lifting up my hands like, hey. Hey. <laughs> I was going to say we put transitional sound instead. There we go, for the audio listeners. To the sands of where? We're going to North Africa. So this is a region that is as diverse in its cultures as it is in its landscapes. So stretching from the sweeping sands of the Sahara to the markets of Morocco, we're in North Africa. So the mythologies of Northern Africa are deeply influenced by the region's long and complex history. 
Here we find a confluence of indigenous Berber traditions, influences from the Middle East due to the spread of Islam and imprints from Mediterranean civilizations like the Romans and the Greeks and the Pharaonic legacies from ancient Egypt. So yes, Egypt is in Africa for those who might not know. Yeah. So while we're on this subject, let's just talk about it. This confusion sometimes arises because historically there's been a tendency, especially in Western discourse, to separate Egyptian culture and religion from the rest of African culture and religion. I'll take it even one step further. Yeah. yeah. Like in some of these books that we sort of have on folklore, some of it would have like Africa and they'll have ancient Egypt as a separate yeah. um, sort of chapter. Yeah. Like, let's see this. Oh my God. I was about to say, we're not going to out the book, but he yeah. just grabbed it from the yeah, bookshelf. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. If you want to know what the book is, you're going to have to watch it on YouTube. So here, as you can see, as you can see, it says ancient Egypt and Africa. Yeah. And Africa, like an annex. Yeah, like it's just the rest of the 54 plus countries, countries yeah. in Africa are just the addition. Yeah. Which is obviously not the case. So, yeah, this separation, like in the book, causes a misleading division of the African continent, as if Egypt, or Kemet, its ancient name, um, and other African regions like Nubia are completely distinct or unrelated to the continent. And that's not the case. In simple terms, ancient Egyptian religion was very much a part of African religion. You can't separate Egypt from Africa any more than you can separate Christian practices in Rome from those in Britain. Just like these two European nations practice Christianity differently, you know, Protestant, Catholic, all that, Egypt practiced its religion with its own unique characteristics, but still within the broader context of African spirituality. So, you know, it is still African. The key point is, when you look at the religious and mythological beliefs of ancient Egypt and compare them with other African traditions like those of the Yoruba, Kikuyu, or even Zulu, you will find a lot of similarities and shared philosophical foundations. So understanding these foundations is like unlocking a door to like a rich, interconnected world of African mythology and spirituality, where Egypt is an integral part of, Af- of the African continent's cultural and religious heritage nice yes okay so now that we've got that covered mm-hmm. let's move on to the amazia is it Amaz- amazing amazir amazir that's what i think anyway amazir yeah people or berbers which we try not to use anymore because it sounds very derogatory to like it, barbarian yeah it is um, yeah so the indigenous people of north africa's various landscapes so from the sahara to the atlas mountains so the region has a mythology that reflects their deep nature connection. So influenced by the Phoenician Romans and the Arab cultures, Amazir myths have blended with those of the newcomers, noticeably seen with the syncretism of the Amazir goddess um, Chikaraxi with the Phoenician Tanit, highlighting cultural exchanges through trade and sometimes conquest. So um, we did a painting of um, of Shasi, of Shasi. Yeah. Um, and when we were doing some of like the research um, into her, it sounds like she could have you know been syncretized or sort of merged with another god, mm-hmm. um, a Phoenician god called Tanit, and they sort of shared the same attributes. Um, I think of like fertility and, uh, and other stuff as well. Yeah. So it just sort of merged, and it happens a lot. Um, that's you know through either conquest or trade, um, religions sort of 
merge. In Sudan, which is, you know, by Northeast Africa, it's a melting pot of cultures, including Nubian, Beja, Nuba, and Fur. We encounter a rich mythological tapestry. Key Nubian deities, like, um, so these names are going to be hard to pronounce, but yeah. <laughs> key Nubian deities, like Akademak, the lion-headed warrior god, Amun, a, create, a god of creation, Deadwen, associated with prosperity, and Sebiomeka, a fertility deity, illustrates the region's diverse spiritual landscape. And additionally, Sudan's um, mythology embraces a mix of ancestral and nature spirits amongst its various ethnic groups, all within the broader concept um, context of like Islamic influence that swept North Africa from the 17th century. Um, integrating indigenous beliefs with Islamic elements, such as jinns and the angels into their folklore. This blend sort of showcases the dynamic interplay of ancient traditions and Islam, shaping a unique spiritual identity across Africa. Um, yeah, so if you would see, like, most of North Africa would have a lot of Islamic influence. Yeah. Because um, I think around mm -hmm. the 7th century... Islam sort of swept across. Yeah, that I think area. the main that's the main religion there. Yeah. yeah. And in the eighth century, Islam had sort of their golden the eighth. era. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the eighth century, yeah. they had their golden yeah. sort of um age. So mm. it just meant that the, the culture just like boomed mm -hmm. everywhere yeah. as well. It makes sense. Yeah. It okay. does make sense. So that's enough of the north. Let's, Let's go to see. the east. Yes. So actually, who can we find in the east? <laughs> okay. So, who can we find in the East? We can find countries like Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, Somalia, Ethiopia, Eritrea, Sudan, Zimbabwe. The list goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> but while the pantheons of East Africa are perhaps less globally recognised than most, they are incredibly interesting. So, you know, spanning from the Horn of Africa, if you look at the map, you'll know what I mean. Encompassing countries of, you know, Eritrea, Somalia, Madagascar, Seychelles, just some more there for you. Um, yes. <laughs> right down to the Great, Great Lakes region, these mythologies encompass a variety of ethnic groups. So these include the Amara and Oromo of Ethiopia, the Somali, the Maasai, the Luo, the Kikuyu, among others. I hope I'm saying that right. Kikuyu. 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 Yeah. Kikuyu. Okay, <laughs> so let's begin with Somalia. So Somali mythology includes a pantheon of gods and spirits with a strong emphasis on ancestor worship, as a lot of African pantheons do, mm -hmm. um, and the veneration of saints, especially among Somali Sufis. So there's this really cool concept called Heer, or Her, H-E-E-R. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Her. Her. Here. I think. Here. Yeah. Like um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a form of traditional Somali love poetry. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds beautiful, right? It often explores themes of love, loss, and connection to the spiritual world, um, while showcasing the intertwined nature of cultural and spiritual expression. So maybe we'll do like something on that. I think that yeah. sounds really Ooh, cool. Valentine's. Yeah. Valentine's. It's coming. Speak to me in Somali. <laughs> in here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Maasai of Kenya and Tanzania have a monotheistic <laughs> belief in God called Ingai, who has a dual hat aspect. So Ingai Naruk, which means black god, 
is benevolent and providing. Um, and in Guy Nogoki, Nyoki, Red God is vengeful and punishing. Their mythology is rich with stories that explain natural phenomena, social practices, and moral lessons, often centered around the importance of cattle, which play a central role in Messiah life. Similarly, in Kenya, Kikuyu mythology, Ngai, spelt without the E um, in the beginning, is the supreme creator, and Mumbi is the mother of all Kikuyu people. Now, the Luyu. Luo, the Luo, L U O, Luo, the Luo people residing around Lake Victoria in Kenya and Tanzania um, have a cosmology that includes a creator god uh, and a belief in spirits and ancestral ghosts. Their stories often serve to explain the origins of their people, the nature of their world, and the reasons behind social customs. So you have. Um, Nyasei, the mm-hmm. Liu, um, Liu creator god, um, overseeing the universe's balance, justice, and morality. And Liu cosmology, um, Liu cosmology is infused with the reverence of Nyasei, who interacts with humanities through spirits or jerks and ancestors, which are called Jashian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so talking about their spirits and ancestral ghosts, so the Liu believe in the in a realm inhabited by spirits and ghosts of ancestors who influence the living world. These entities are integral to their understanding and the lurid connection um, with the spiritual world, guiding social customs and like their ethical conduct. So there's so much more in that region as well. Um, so these are just like the tip of the icebergs. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we're going over to Never Eat South. Yeah. South. I did do it in that order, North, East, South, West, Central. Right, so in South Africa, and this is a region um, in the continent that has a lot of diverse ethnic groups and a strong history that, you know, we all know of. Um, and it spans like a variety of countries, including South Africa itself, the country, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, Swaziland, just to name a few. Yeah, of course, I can't sit here and name everything, guys. So each of these nations harbors its own unique blend of cultures and traditions, contributing to a complex panorama of mythological narratives that reflect the interplay between humans, nature, and the supernatural. So there's the San people, also known as Bushmen. Again, like with the Amazon Berber thing, I think the Bushmen is the derogatory term, yeah. so we're going to stick with San. Um, so... They are the oldest inhabitants of Southern Africa and their mythology is deeply entwined in the natural world. So these stories often feature animal characters and speak to the interconnectedness of all living things. I feel like it's similar to the Akan pantheon because a lot of the Akan stories feature animal characters as well. Um, So another, you know, link. Link, link, link. So the sand have profound spiritual relationship with the land and its creatures, which is reflected in their rock art and oral narratives. Sand rock art is very popular. I think it's one of the oldest. Yeah, it's one of the oldest yeah. forms of creative expressions in humanity. Yeah. I think we found. Yeah. Um, so the mythologies include tales of a trickster deity named Kargan, who can transform into various animal forms and is involved in the creation and teaching of the people. And Kang. And Kang, yeah. who... Um, I think he's the creator. Yeah, he is the reason why we can no longer speak to animals. 
There's a folklore yeah. story about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping that's the right story. <laughs> I think it is. Well. Yeah, it was the fire. Yeah, yeah, that's why we can't. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So the Zulu are one of the largest groups um, in, in Southern Africa, and they have a pantheon of gods headed by Mvlangi, the supreme creator, and ancestors who play a significant role in daily life through ancestor worship. So their mythology includes tales of heroes, the importance of the king, and the origins of death. Inkanyamba is a serpent-like creature in Zulu mythology that is believed to reside in lakes and rivers, and he is one of the most notable beings in Zulu folklore. So if you've heard of him, let us know. Oh, another snake, dragon-type serpent creature. Yeah. Add to the raster. Yeah. Bida. And there's another one that I forgot now. (laughs) So similar to the Zulu, the Kosa people have a rich oral tradition um, that includes stories of ancestral spirits, ancestral worship, and the consultation of those binders, sangomas, to communicate with ancestors are central to the Kosa spirituality. The Kosa narrative of creation and tales of mystical heroes and beings form an integral part of their cultural heritage. So Sangomas were mentioned in the context of, of encounters with mythical creatures mm-hmm. like the Tokoloshi, which yep. we've spoken about before, yeah. which is a ma- malevolent being in Southern Africa. Yeah. Folklore. Um, fear, fear for its supposed ability to sort of cause harm to individuals um, at the behest of others. So in Kosa and broader Southern African mythology, Sangomas are of- often sought after to protect against or ward off, um, or provide remedies for issues attributed with the to- with the Tokoloshi. Utilizing a deep understanding of traditional medicine, rituals, and the spiritual realm. So Sangomas play a, a crucial role in addressing the physical and spiritual well-being of their communities, mm. including protection against such supernatural threats. Yeah. So um, the Shona people of Zimbabwe have a rich tradition of spiritual beliefs that include the veneration, the veneration of Mwari, the supreme mm. god, and ancestral spirits known as Vadzimi, Vadzimu. Um, so these spirits are believed to influence the living, requiring rituals and offerings to maintain harmony. The Shona also have stories of mythical creatures and heroes that embody the values and the ethics of their societies, like most you know, yeah. cultures have. And that's all we have on Southern Africa. Yeah. Some of you are thinking that there's some things that didn't make the cut. Well, there's literally so many of episodes that we have. Yeah. Don't worry, it's not on purpose. You just gotta stay tuned. Mm. <laughs> so now we're moving on to a region where we're both from. Arguably the region with the most widely known African countries, maybe. I feel like I can name more in this region, clearly. Um, <laughs> we're in West Africa. So these pantheons in West Africa are not monolithic, but they're as varied as the languages and people and cultures of West Africa itself, including but not limited to Yoruba, Igbo, Akan, Fon cultures. So let's start with Yoruba. The Yoruba mythology originating from present-day Nigeria and Benin is one of the most documented and influential in West Africa. It centres around a pantheon of Orishas that govern various aspects of the world and human life. The supreme Orisha, Olodumare or Olorun, 
is the source of all life, while other Orishas play crucial roles in the daily lives and spiritual practices of Yoruba people. Solomon, name one Orisha. Orisha. I'm going to do the same one I named before. I'll say it all good again. No, different. <laughs> um, I will name Oshumari. Oh. Oshumari, which is the god of the rainbow. Nice. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So moving on swiftly to Igbo mythology, also from Nigeria, presents a cosmology where the world is divided into four quadrants, a reflection of the Igbo's traditional four market days. So these four market days are among the most powerful religious and social elements in Igbo tradition, history and culture. So it's like this cool concept of like the days where they like um, practice their religion. We'll go into that more, but it's really, really cool. Being Nigerian, I've never heard of it. Wow. I guess you're real, but not Igbo. I know, but still. <laughs> so the current people of Ghana weave a cosmology around Nyame, the sky deity, and Asasaya, the earth goddess, highlighting a duality of celestial and terrestrial powers. Of course, many of us know Anansi. Anansi is a significant figure in, Af- in the Khan folklore. He is the spider, symbolizing wisdom and the complexities of human nature through his trickster tales. He's also the keeper of all stories. He is. He is yeah. such an interesting character. I think he is probably one of the most like well-known African folklore characters ever. And it ever. makes sense. Yeah. Being someone that sort of guards stories, it yeah. sort of makes sense that his stories are shared. Yeah. Um, so in Bon mythology of Benin, Rudon or Voodoo is prominent with a complex hierarchy of spirits or deities known as Rudons. Um, presiding over various elements and aspects of life. The Mossi people of Burkina Faso have a mythology that's centered around the creation of their kingdom and the divine origins of their ruling dynasties. Ancestral worship and the veneration of, of, natural spirit, of nature spirits play significant roles in their spiritual practices, reflecting a cosmology that's that integrates their ancestors with forces of nature. We said ancestors so many times because I think that the veneration of ancestors is such it's an such important, important part of yeah. different African um, cultures. Yes, I think ancestors and nature are the two most important things that keep coming up. Yeah. Yes. In Mali, the Dogon people possess an intricate cosmology um, with Ama as their supreme creator. Mm-hmm. Their pantheon includes Nomo, which are ancestral spirits who descended from the sky embodying both the creative and destructive powers of water mm. now so for, for you know some of you that have read uh my hero academia or watched my hero Acad- academia which is an anime um could this be what the nomo originated from so there's these creatures called nomo oh okay i don't know are they like ancestors no, no, oh. they're, they're, they're <laughs> these creatures that fall from the sky every now okay. and then, or are created with powers and stuff like fair, that. Fair. But I don't know. It's just that's the only other time I've heard the I name. Heard, okay, so, yeah, cool, cool. Know. Probably not, but it's fun to think of. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. So the preservation and study of West African mythologies are the reason why the pantheons in this region are so widely known. As well as this, these pantheons have travelled far due to the transatlantic slave trade um when natives were taken from west africa and brought to the americas as slaves they brought their myths and religious practices with them and over time these african spiritual beliefs mixed with the religions already present creating new blended faiths. so like candomblé in brazil 
Santeria in Cuba, and Voodoo in Haiti. Mm. So according to this book that I'm reading, I can't remember the name. Oh, great. Yeah, I can't remember the name. <laughs> great. But it's here. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of, it's about like Yoruba religion. And um, it said that um, this was less enabled by the English Protestants who, in quote, heavily domesticated and stamped out any African culture retained by their sort of slaves and their people. So that's why you have less sort of like religious blends with the people that went to like European or like the English Protestant like mm. like slave masters. Right. Whilst in other, so like in the Americas, they were able to keep some of their faith and blend it with whatever cultures right, um, they I were see. with. That's why here in the UK, we don't have like our yeah. own version, quote unquote, of Santeria or Candomblé. Yeah. Okay. It's more like you use the same word for God, for the Christian God that you would have probably used for... An Orisha. Yeah, an Orisha. Okay. God, yeah. Um, yeah, so this blending of traditions is sort of, it helped the West African mythologies to survive and adapt even far from their original homes. So the story from West Africa's are still alive today, mm. influencing culture and religions in many parts of the world. Nice. Yeah. And last, but certainly not least, we're heading over to Central Africa. Central So Central Africa comprises of countries like Cameroon, the Central African Republic, Gabon, Republic of Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, (laughs) loads and loads and loads of countries. So it's home to clearly a myriad of ethnic groups and cultures, each contributing to the amazing myths that articulate the relationships between nature, spiritual world and the world we're in human world um so central african pantheons are characterized by a complex hierarchy of deity spirits and ancestors like pantheons throughout the whole continent clearly um and they interact with the living in a reciprocal relationship of respect worship and communication so these entities are believed to influence all aspects of life from the fertility of the land to the well-being of communities to the enactment of justice and guidance of individuals. So it's kind of like, you know, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. <laughs> it made dun, dun, dun. So notably, the Bantu people with their widespread influence across Central Africa share this framework that includes a supreme creator. Like, so they've got a supreme, supreme creator god, then lesser deities, um, associated with natural phenomena than ancestral spirits. Mm. Yeah. Um, so these reflect the profound connection to nature and the ancestral part. So it passed. So through oral tradition, these myths have been preserved and passed down through generations, constituting a vital link to the heritage and identity of Central African societies. Yep. Got that? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Fang people. So they're spread across Gabon, Cameroon, and Equatorial Guinea. So they have a rich spiritual tradition that includes the belief of this supreme god god called Mabere. Mabere. I think I'm saying that right. Mabere. Mm-hmm. And various lesser deities and spirits. So ancestral worship is significant here with ancestors acting as mediators between the living and the divine. So that's mm-hmm. how you get through to like God. Kind of like, you know, how Ishu is like the yeah. mediator. Let's yeah. Go. So in this case, it's ancestors. Right. 
Um, the Fang also believe in witchcraft and the power of sorcerers to influence the physical and spiritual world, a theme common in many of their myths and stories, which we will delve into in another well. episode. Yeah. Yes. And the Congo people, located in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Republic of Congo and Angola, have a cosmology centered around a supreme deity, Zambi Mopongo. And the concept of a vital force or energy that animates all living things, Kulunga. Their mythological stories often explore themes of morality, the origins of death and the afterlife, with a strong emphasis on the ethical living and um, maintenance of social harmony. The Chukwe, hailing from Angola, Zambia and the Democratic Republic of Congo, have a pantheon of gods and spirits which... Um, with a particular reverence um, for ancestors. Mm -hmm. Their mythology includes the creation story of the world by supreme being Kalunga and the adventures of mystical heroes and ancestral figures who teach important cultural values and practices. Is this the same Kalunga as the Kalunga line? Well, sort of. I think because they're of the same region. Yeah. Sort of use the same words to explain different phenomena. So the shared name Kalunga in both the Congo and Chukwe traditions um, highlights a common like linguistic mm. and cultural heritage, suggesting like a shared conceptual understanding um, of the world beyond the physical. Mm. However, the differences in interpretation, Kalunga as the spiritual realm and boundary in the Congo beliefs mm -hmm. versus Kalunga as a supreme deity in the Chukwe mythology reflects the diversity of thoughts and spirituality in sort of Central African cultures. Yeah, that's cool. Oh my gosh, and we're finished. We're done. We made it to the end. We're done, but we're not done because obviously there's so much more we can say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but this is this is us done for now. <laughs> yeah. And you're here with us at the end. Yes, you made um, it. Yeah, I feel like singing that song from um, The Big Blue House. Goodbye, goodbye, That's good the friends, goodbye. <laughs> Until another day. That's all. Okay, well, that's okay. We'll see very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. He clearly does not know the lyrics. Oh my god. You see, I was just gonna like overlay the song, but you know, copyright reasons. Anyway. Yeah, so you have our beautiful voice instead. <laughs> yeah, so this was a much longer episode, yeah. but it had to to get as much value into it as possible. Um, we definitely learned something new here. Yeah, we did, and there's definitely more to explore, and more to you know learn and be excited about, mm -hmm. and more to paint. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Now we'll just iterate that this was just an overview, and that there are many more mythologies, traditions, and pantheons that exist in each empire tribe and subculture yeah which brings us back to the point that africa is not just a monolith and the stories that are out there extend more than just west africa despite what you might see yeah yeah so now it's over to you to tell us more um of what you know or maybe what you're more interested in so we can sort of like yeah dive deeper into some of them as well like if you had some us mention something and you were like oh i'd like to hear more about that maybe it's the ebo for market days or mm -hmm. Um, anything else? I was, I was, I was gonna like. I know oh, that you like asking them. Don't ask me. Don't look at me. Look at them. <laughs> look at them. Ask them. But if there's anything, if there's anything, <laughs> anything you want us to talk about, 
our DMs are always open. Our comment section is always open on all our platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, just let us know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. And that is all. That is all. That is all. all. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed this crash course. Don't forget to, oh, like, subscribe, comment. I was going to let you that. off today because I think I was like heavy on it nope. last time. Every day. But you know, if it's every day, it's every day. We're trying to hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So yeah, please, yeah. please, please. That is our goal. And we'd like to see that happen. Yes. A thousand people on, on YouTube here on this journey with us. Yeah. Journey and we'd like African at apology. least... You know, it's, it's possible. And we'd like at least a couple comments on the video. Mm-hmm. Just so we know that you are enjoying it. Comment. Comment. Yeah, if, if it's just anything random, I, like... I don't know, say yeah. hi. Yeah. I'll say hi back. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you. That's how it starts. That's friendship. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll be back next week. We've been your hosts, Solomon and Adra. Adrian Solomon. Solomon Whichever you want to say it. Whichever you want to say it. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye now.